independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. Uh, Prime Minister Truss, uh, how was your 44 days as Prime Minister? It was awful. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Breaking news. Man, politics is a full contact sport. Think about this. We're... If we could be as persnickety as the the Brits are when it comes to their prime ministers, uh, do you think uh, Biden would be president now? Ooh, the answer is probably no. The answer is probably no. Uh, no, but we are not. While we will change jockeys mid-race in some ways, we don't do that here. And the chances to change some jockeys mid-race is coming uh, 19 days from now, in the midterms. And uh, yesterday, uh, with growing pressure, because gas prices are starting to blip up a little bit, things are becoming more expensive, and finally they actually looked at the polls and said, what do you mean people don't think abortion's the number one issue and climate change? Hmm? Are you sure about that? No. No, they, they don't think... They, they, uh, they say uh, inflation... And the economy is the number one issue. Is it by a little bit or a lot of bit? It's by a whole blanket bunch of bit. Oh. So uh, Biden decided, hey, we're going to release the hounds. Uh, we're running out of oil in our strategic reserves, but we don't care because we're going to release some more. Three weeks to the midterms, and with the economy top of mind for voters, President Biden announcing more steps to try and ease the pain at the pump. Gas prices hit almost every family in this country, and they squeeze their family budgets. When the price of gas goes up, other expenses get cut. Biden saying he will release 15 million more barrels from the Strategic Oil Reserve in December. This release, not entirely new. It's the last of the 180 million barrels he authorized back in March. And while it's expected to bring some relief, economists say keep in mind, Americans consume roughly 20 million barrels a day. Oh, what? We gobble, gobble, gobble it up. Let me tell you something, guys, and I want you guys to listen to me. Uh, If we were energy independent, not only is it great for our economy, it's great for the world. The more energy independent we are, the more stable other places are, the better it is for everybody. Right? That's a real thing. And Biden, while doing this, also talked to uh, the the gas companies out there, right? You know, so uh, you know, he goes out and he's just like, oh, come on, guys. Come on, guys. You know, just very Biden-esque. And let's put some some uh, let's throw some stuff out there when it comes to to how you guys can help us because you're greedy and you're evil and you're bad and blah 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 because well that's what you have to do now because we expect that that one president is going to come after these people and say you guys uh, you guys are this is this is bad this is this is bad you it's part of this is your fault so we're offering you something refilling the reserve at seventy dollars a barrel is a good price for companies. And it's a good price for the taxpayers. $70 a barrel. Hmm? Hmm? But wait a minute. You're offering us 70 but your aides offered OPEC plus 80 bucks a barrel. So you're offering us less than them. 
Well, wait, what? Yeah. You're offering people that are our enemies in many ways. Well, fragilely, they're also our allies. You're offering them more money than you're offering us. Bring down the price you charge at the pump to reflect what you pay for the product. You still make a significant profit. Your shareholders will still do very well. And the American people will catch a break they deserve. You could help them catch a break. Let's talk about all the stuff that you've done. How much land have you leased? Well, according to data, uh, you've leased less public land and offshore waters than any president since World War II. Oil prices are set by the market globally. But even if we had enough, one of our other big things is refineries, refineries, refineries. You killed the reopening of a major refinery in the U.S. Virgin Islands. Oh, yeah. And you've promised on numerous occasions to end fossil fuel. So this is kind of your doing. I'm just saying. And then you've got to look at the other stuff, right? And there is other stuff is the politics. of it. We're a few weeks away from midterm and you're doing everything you can to try to give yourself a little something, knowing full well that you've missed the mark on many occasions. Is it politically motivated, sir? This no, it's not. Three weeks before the midterms. It's not politically motivated at all. It's motivated to make sure that I continue to push on what I've been pushing on. And that is making sure there's enough oil that's being pumped by the companies so that we have the ability to be able to produce enough gas that we need here at home, oil we need here at home, and at the same time, keep moving in the direction of providing for alternative energy. Yeah, but you haven't. You haven't. You say stuff like this. You should not be using your profits to buy back stock or for dividends. Not now. Not while a war is raging. You should be using these record-breaking profits to increase production and refining. Invest in America for the American people. So you want me to take my profits and you want me to put them back into what? Investing for the American people. Okay, but let me ask you, are you going to sue me at every turn? Yes, we are. Are you going to make it extremely difficult to do anything? Yes, we are. Are you going to make it just awful when it comes to refinering and refineries and doing any of the things that we need to do because you're going to, as you like to say, end fossil fuels? That's one of your main goals, and you've said that. Remind me again what we're doing here. I don't think profits are bad. I don't. I think big government overreach is ridiculous. And I think not trying to put a Band-Aid on a bullet wound. You're doing something that is temporary. It gives a little relief. But the reality is simply it isn't fixing what needs to be done. Because you don't want to. Because you're trying to straddle the fence of, hey, hey, oil companies, let me show you all the great things I'm going to do for you, all the while saying, uh, I'm going to sue you while we're doing it, and I'm going to make it ridiculously hard, and I'm going to demonize you in front of the cameras. But if you could just be, oh, shucks, swell guys in front of everything, that'd be super. It's not going to work. And this is a short-term fix. And it's not a fix. It's not. It's a short-term 
smidge of a slowdown and potentially little bit of a drop in some areas, it's not a fix. And it's not going to help you when it comes to the economy. It's just not. It's not. You have failed at this and you want to get green while admirable. I want a cleaner, greener world. You got no problem with that. But I also live in a world of reality. And this reality is it isn't going to work the way you think. And you guys are missing the point across the board. You're focused on things that are not what the average person is thinking about. Case in point yesterday, and this is a perfect example. This is a perfect example. Mike Barnacle, Morning Joe, super friend of the left, has Stacey Abrams on. Tone deafness right here. How are you going to help the Georgia voters? How are you going to help this? You know, here you are. You're running to be, you know, you're running to be the governor of a big state, right? You're running to be the the the, the, the head cheese of a big state, if you will. And this is where the Democrats' head is at in so many ways. 81% of people, inflation, economy, number one thing they're thinking about. 81% of people. Abortion in many polls is well down there. Like to the point where it's in, it's out of the top 10 in a lot. But Mike Barnacle, again, friend of the Democrats, asked the question. While abortion is an issue, it nowhere reaches the level of interest of voters in terms of the cost of gas, food, bread, milk, things like that. What can a governor, what could you do as governor to alleviate the concerns of Georgia voters about those livability, daily, hourly issues that they're confronted with? Having children is why you're worried about your price for gas. It's why you're concerned about how much food costs. For women, this is not a reductive issue. You can't divorce being forced to carry an unwanted pregnancy from the economic realities of having a child. What? How are you going to help in this situation when you become the head of the state, if that is indeed what happens, which is probably not going to? Uh, Well, you know, abortions. I think if we have a lot more abortions, it would just be better. Just the economic stress. Because if you have kids, it's economically, they're stressful. So if you just abort them, we don't have to worry about that. So, like, you know, less things going on and you have no responsibility. Oh, yeah. How do you fix climate change? Abortions. The more we abort people, the less we're going to need stuff. The less we need stuff, the less fossil fuels. It's fantastic. It's good. It's great. Great. You're, you're, you're great. That's your answer? Really? Really? Wow. Is that the answer for everything? How do you fight racism? Abortion. How do you fight unemployment? Abortion. We abort a bunch of people. There's Nobody's got a uh, need for jobs. Everybody's going to have enough jobs. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. Fantastic. So that's your answer. Oh, my goodness me. And I look over at you Republicans and go, uh, it's not a parody. Yet at the same time, you're making it look difficult. 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us, text the program, a lot of stuff to get to. Uh the God King, I call him, right? Uncle G consolidating his power, unprecedented third term as the ruler. What is next? Uh Gordon Chang's gonna join us at the bottom of the hour. The uh maybe the preeminent uh, voice on China and what's going on over there. We're gonna get a snapshot into uh now what? And where could this thing be headed with him? 
A lot of stuff to get to, including an update of a horrible story that took place in Mississippi with young kids and horrible little teachers. Talk about that. And, of course, your scary countdown, number eight. <laughs> Lear Capital is amazing. L-E-A-R-C-H-A-D. You go learchad.com, and you're going to find uh, what they do. Precious metals, gold, silver, uh, incredible opportunities and coins. And it's a great way to hedge yourself in a world of inflation, taking a small bit of what you've got and investing it in a way where you've got some physicals. And for, for a lot of people, it's about diversification and protection. And Lear wants to show you what they can do. And what they do is so much different than everybody else, including giving you the opportunity to make a trade, right? You'd make a trade. You get the invoice and you say, I don't feel comfortable with this. You know what? They'll let you back it out for free. No obligation. That's what they do that's different. It's about education. 25 years of just amazing uh, knowledge and know-how that they've been doing this in the business and their trust pilot ratings through the roof. Find out for yourself. Get a free investor kit and a Kennedy Silver Half Dollar. Go to LearChad.com. That's LearChad.com. LearChad.com. Chad Benson Show. No fake outrage here. Just the real thing. The Chad Benson Show. 44 days. Who is Prime Minister, uh, former Prime Minister Liz Truss? I have therefore spoken to His Majesty the King to notify him that I am resigning as leader of the Conservative Party. 44 days. I'm going to say that again. She was there for 40 Four days before they thought she doesn't know what she's doing. It makes her the shortest serving prime minister in British history. She gave a very short statement. She said she recognizes she cannot deliver the mandate on which she was elected. She says she's now told the king and there's going to be a leadership election in just the next week. Normally they would take uh, many, many weeks, but she says she wants it to happen as soon as possible. She remain as prime minister until a successor has been chosen. Yeah. So and what happens is, is what they would say is she she then goes to the back benches, which means that she's, you know, the closer you are to the, the floor in parliament, uh, you know, the more power in the sense you have and the closer you get to leadership. Uh, well, now that she's had this for a whopping 44 days and Anthony's like, she thinks she gets a pension. Pretty sure she does. Uh, she goes to the back benches. People are already saying, bring Boris back, bring Boris back. Uh, and now the, the, they will all campaign kind of like the Pope, right? They're not holding the big old thing. It's within the party itself. Cause you, the conservatives win seats, and when they win seats, they have that. That's how it's picked, as far as who is going to be it. We get to choose. So imagine if today the Democrats had a chance to go. All right, you know what? Biden's too old, so we got to get rid of him. But there wouldn't be a run for president. You win the parties, and if the party itself has a bigger group of people, then they're the ones in the the, the lead, and they build the government, and in the government, they're naming their cabinet and the whole nine yards. Uh, they'll pick a leader. So if they, today, let's say we had to pick from the Senate or Congress, right, the House. So the House and the Senate would have to, you know, figure out who are you going to choose to be our peeps here, our leader. So it's not a good gig right now to have. They're going through some issues. If you will, three, two, three, five, three, eight, 24, 23 at Chad Benson show is your Twitter tweet at us. Text the program. Uh, great news on a horrible, 
horrible event in Mississippi. You guys might remember the ass hattery of these horrible daycare workers who scared the crap out of kids with ghost face masks. You guys remember that from the uh, uh, the movie Scream? And uh, you guys might remember this, and it's tough to listen to. I'll tell you that right now. It is tough. Yeah, well, all five of them have been charged. Four are facing three felony counts of child abuse. One has a couple misdemeanors and a failure to uh, essentially report a crime. But they're all facing serious charges. Thank goodness. Bunch of horrible SOBs. There's a special place for you on the yard. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson shows your Twitter. Gordon Chang joins us straight ahead. Uh, this guy's voice when it comes to China is I. it's hard to find anybody in, in America, maybe anywhere in the world, who has an understanding as good as him. We're going to talk about what's going on as they've met and the Congress is going on. And uh, Xi for an unprecedented third term to be a leader, consolidating power. Usually when that happens, it's not good for the people. Talk to him straight ahead. Chad Benson Chang. Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. Beijing's going to have to make its uh, its own calculations its own decisions, but what we've said and what we've been very clear about is that preserving the status quo, making sure that these differences are resolved peacefully is essential. It's not only essential to us, I think it's essential to countries around the world. Uh, that right there, Senator, uh, that Secretary of State Blinken and uh, Beijing, you can say a lot to Beijing. I don't know if they listen because they're doing their own thing. Jo- uh, Gordon, Gordon Chang's joined us now. This guy is the voice when I think when it comes to China and Asia and what goes on over there. Uh, the Coming Collapse of China is an amazing book. Uh, his articles are everywhere. And uh, joining us now is Gordon. And Gordon, we're at this point now where he, I've been joking the last couple of days, he's God King now, old G over there, and his power is ultimate and final. Yes, and what we're seeing right now, Chad, is that uh, with more power, Xi Jinping will be able to do what he says. Now, he is leading China over the cliff, uh, and it's not just uh, Taiwan, it's also other foreign policy challenges, plus, most importantly, um, the internal problems, the debt crisis, the bank runs, the worsening food shortages, plunging currency. It, it's just no end to the problems that he faces. But, you know, he doesn't care. He's just going to take China in a direction that he believes the country should go and everybody else can be damned. You know, Gordon, I, I, I sit here and I, you know, there's, you know, there's the old stories of him, right? Like, as if you can remember, there were people before him and they used to call him Uncle Xi. And he had this kind of, you know, he ate at the same place every day and he was just kind of modest person. But he is he he I look at him now and I think, man, he is he's he's, you know, he's Mao part two. He is in many ways the most dangerous figure in the world. 
I mean, one could argue maybe Vladimir Putin, but Putin can't take on Ukraine or the world without Xi Jinping's backing. So when you look at the root problems in the world, we don't have a North Korea problem, for instance. We got a China problem. You know, yeah, we got sort of a Russia problem, but it's basically a China problem because China is fueling all these bad actors. And that is just the way Xi Jinping views the world. And Anthony Blinken can say all of these mild statements, but they're not bouncing off of Xi Jinping's uh, bulletproof skull. Yeah, totally. Gordon Chang's with us, the uh, uh, an amazing author and, and columnist. And as we talk about China, what's going on? So the Chinese Communist Party, you know, they're meeting, they're doing their thing. I saw that you know the corporations have been left out of this. This is really for the hardcore communists. What is going on? How much more power is he consolidating? And and where is he going to take them? Let's start first with COVID, because he's still about the zero uh, COVID policy. But the reality is, it, people are starting to push back. People are starting to push back. We saw that about a week ago with the banners that were hung from a bridge overpass on the third ring road in Beijing, which were basically, we want freedom. We don't want zero COVID. We don't want Xi Jinping, which was a sort of extraordinary when you think about uh, China's total surveillance state. Someone was basically putting their lives at risk, life at risk. Um, Xi Jinping is the author of zero COVID. He is using it to control the Chinese people. And as well, um, he has used it for propaganda purposes, saying that China's communism is superior to democracy because they're better able to control the disease. So zero COVID will continue to disrupt China in ways which are really cratering the economy and creating distress in society. You know, we've talked about uh, and we've had you on the past about the, you know, the fact that their finances really weren't what they said they were. And you've heard many people over the last several weeks say, look, you know, they're, they're, they are a paper tiger when it comes to their finances because they've sunk so much of it into real estate. They prop stuff up. They spend a bunch of money. They had fake companies. And that, I think, is going to be an issue he's going to have to deal with. And that's why he's consolidating a lot of that power so he can hide as much as he can. Yes, well, this is imperial overstretch, as um, the phrase is. You know, it because... They, they running out of cash, which really is striking when you think that they have $3 trillion of foreign exchange reserves, or at least that's what they claim. But they've got big commitments like Belt and Road, building the world's infrastructure, building the military, the surveillance state. Yes, you name it, Chad. And basically, Beijing has far more commitments than it has resources. Because I, I don't think it has the resources that it claims. Um, we see that their exaggeration of gross domestic product reporting is getting bigger, which really means that their economy is contracting. And that's the reason why they have indefinitely delayed the reporting of third quarter and September economic and trade statistics, because it is horrible in reality. Yeah, it is. And we move from there to uh, the other. Well, it's let's be real. It's it's the elephant in the room. It's Taiwan. And you had a great article that uh, they've struck the first blow already with Taiwan. And he said, look, we'd like to do it, you know, quietly and as friendship, you know, become pals. But the reality is, is Taiwan's not having it. And he said, if we have to, we'll use force. And they've already started some some maneuvers, if you will. Yes, Um here the story is, we know about uh, Xi Jinping's aggressiveness. He's based his legitimacy on taking Taiwan during his rule. The thing that concerns me, and that of course concerns me, but the thing that really concerns me is that our 
policy community is oblivious. So, for instance, there was an article written by a former CIA intelligence official now at the Atlantic Council saying, don't worry about China invading Taiwan. We'll have months, if not a year of warning. Well, that means that we have a policy community that thinks that uh, Chinese war planners think like American war planners. Well, no, they don't. And I pointed out how China can attack Taiwan, and we would not even know it. That's using pathogens, by the way. But the point is, we have, uh, we have no idea uh, of how the Chinese are going to take us on. And that means we're extremely vulnerable, Chad. Yeah, absolutely. Talking to Gordon Chang, uh, author, columnist, uh, uh, really a guy who gets, you, you know, Asia. And I look around, and I, what's the rest of Asia feeling right now as they see all this go? You know, obviously Japan uh, with North Korea doing what they're doing and, you know, him firing off willy-nilly rockets into the Sea of Japan because apparently it did something to him. How's the rest of Asia outside of them feeling about China and the power and where they might be drawn in? Well, Japan and the Philippines, um, who are U.S. allies, treaty allies, are concerned because China is moving against them aggressively. India, um, extremely concerned because their Chinese troops deep into Indian-controlled territory in the Himalayas. You do have some countries in Southeast Asia that are China's real friends. So, for instance, uh, Laos, um, Cambodia, um, even Thailand um, has moved a lot closer to China. Um, but countries that are threatened by China feel one way. Countries that are not immediately threatened by China, you know, are just trying to accommodate Beijing. They, they're not going to be successful in the long run, but that's what they're trying to do. How did we get here? I mean, walk us through who this guy was and how he got to the point where he's got, you know, an unprecedented third term. And even through all the turmoil, it looks like he's coming out on the other side stronger. And as we all know, once you get to a point where you're you're president for life, stuff gets worse for the people. But it didn't start out this way. How did he get here? Well, the, the going back to 2012, when he became general secretary of the Communist Party, in other words, China's ruler, there was a perception at the senior levels of the party that the consensus-driven system that um, was in existence wasn't working because it was creating paralysis. So they were looking for a stronger figure. Now, um, senior communist leaders at the time didn't realize how strong, how willful Xi Jinping was. And if they knew what they, if they knew then what they know now, they would never have uh, had him uh, elevated to the top post. But that's how they got there. Um, and this shows that strongman rule is the norm in Communist Party politics. It's not this sort of nice, lovey-dovey consensus system that was in existence prior to Xi Jinping. So that's how the Communist Party got to a place where they didn't think they'd end up. Yeah, it's scary. It is. It's scary. And, and, and I think they're probably, like you said, there are people that are sitting back there going, this is not kind of what we're looking at here, what we thought we were going to have with this guy going forward. Us and them, our relationship, which is uneasy at best, but it, otherwise, you know, we, we're it's we're, we're frenemies in many ways because we need infrastructure, we need their goods, they need us uh, to let them build our goods. It's a weird thing. What does that look like in in five years? Are we going to be facing them down at at some point in time on the battlefield? Probably, um, because we have never seen in history a regime 
engaged in such a rapid military buildup. And it's not only military buildup, but a mobilization of civilian society for war. We have never seen that type of society not use its military in ways which are belligerent. So, you know, this is Japan in the 1930s. This is Germany um, in the, the, you know, the first part of the 20th century. So this is something that we've got to be concerned because the patterns say China will attack somebody and they probably um, are willing to use their most dangerous weapons. Um, They've been threatening to nuke Japan. They did that in July of last year. They threatened to nuke uh, Australia. They did that in September. And then in March of this year, they threatened to nuke everybody in the world. So this is an extraordinarily dangerous time. Where does Russia play into this? How, I mean, that's obviously a drag on him. I saw that, you know, you, you, India's prime minister as well as Xi have both come out and said, dude, you need to stop this because they realize hey, your oil's cheap and we need it, but you're a drag on us. Well, China has green, China greenlighted the invasion of Ukraine. We can see that from their February 4th joint statement where they declare their no limits partnership. And we've seen rhetorical support for Russia. But it's also more than that. China is effectively financing the war with its elevated commodity purchases. China's put its diplomats in service of the Kremlin. China's opened up its financial system to sanction Russian institutions. China propaganda is all in on the Russian war effort. So China wants Russia to win in Ukraine. And uh, the Biden administration has really failed to stop China from doing that. Biden will issue warnings, but he won't impose costs when China blows past uh, the so-called red lines. It is crazy, man. It is crazy, and it's going to get crazier, I have a feeling, in the future. I love talking to Gordon Chang there. You you guys just you have a chance. Check him out. Gordon, if people want to reach out to you, check out on Twitter. Where do they go? At Gordon G. Chang, G-O-R-D-O-N-G-C-H-A-N-G. And I archive all my articles for free at my website, www. Gordonchang.com. Yeah, check him out. Awesome, man. Thanks so much for coming on with us short notice. We really, really, really appreciate that. I really, really appreciate it, Chad. So thank you. Thank you. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. If you miss any of it, grab it. It's fascinating. He knows, I mean, so much about what's going on over there. He really has his you know finger on the pulse of everything. And he has been, you know, since the 90s, he's been talking about China and the coming wave of what's going to happen. But all too often, people... Uh, don't heed the warnings that are coming. And, uh, well, now we're in a situation where we'd rather not be uh, looking at them going, I hope they don't attack Taiwan and we get into something. 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Rough greens. Give it to my dogs every day. That's what I love about my dogs. They don't know anything's going on. It's good. Man, I was reading an article the other day, petting your dog lowers your blood pressure and stuff. I told you this weekend, I'm sitting there with Doodle, my oldest dog. He's old. It's old. Long of the tooth. Still alive. Happy, healthy, bouncy. And I love it. And I feed him rough greens every day, sprinkle on top of his food. Vitamins, minerals, probiotics, omega-369. This canine Vita Smart supplement is easy to use. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to add water. You don't have to get special food. Just sprinkle on top of the food they have now. And the benefits are tremendous. From helping with their joint pain, right, their hips as they get a little bit older, to giving them more energy, helping with their fur, their skin, it's incredible. Try it now for free. All you do is cover the cost of shipping, and boom, it's coming to you. R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Chad. Roughgreens.com slash Chad. Roughgreens.com slash Chad. Let's, uh, let's, let's take a deep breath from the horror of real world and go to the horror of monsters. It's the top 10 
Horror Countdown. I do it every year. We've got number eight today, and it's got a bit of personality. Straight ahead, Chad Benson Show. The Chad Benson Show, where independent a la carte thinkers have a seat at the table and a voice in the dialogue. I'll have what she's having. This is Chad Benson. You just can't let them go? Go. Stay on the road. Keep clear to the moors. Beware the moonlights. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. What an excellent day for an exorcism. I am Dracula. Chucky, wanna play? I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare, huh? That's right. We're counting down the ten arguably greatest horror movies of all time. Uh, first one with the Universal Monsters. I put that at number ten. Amazing they were Frankenstein Dracula. Yesterday... Uh, Trick or Treat, an amazing movie. Uh, But today we turn to a movie that exploded in 1980 that became a franchise built on something that we'd really never seen before. uh, And that was uh, a rhyme. And, uh, you know, well, uh, uh, you know, some craziness. The kids of Elm Street don't know it yet, but something is coming to get them. There's something out there, isn't there? Freddy's coming for you. Three, four. Better lock the door. Freddy Krueger. That's right. He's got imagination. He's got personality. And he had a lot of money. Saved a company called New Line Cinema that was pretty much struggling and going out of business. Eternal. Yes. Yes, you are, Freddie. Comes along in early 1980s uh, when Wes Craven was shopping the movie around and nobody really wanted it except for Disney. But Disney wanted it to turn into a, a they really wanted to chop up the entire script and make it more preteeny kind of thing. And he said, no, finally, New Line Cinema again, bankrupt, said, yeah, pretty much. We'll give it a shot. We got nothing else. And lo and behold, it spawned, well, a bunch of movies, but a legend in Freddy. And a legend that was built on something crazy. An article in the L.A. Times that Craven saw. So Wes Craven sees this article about survivors of the Cambodian genocide of the Khmer Rouge. And he said one of them haunted. He said it was a terrifying account of people who were terrified to go to sleep because their dreams were killing them. Many young men who would survive that, would go to sleep, describe their dreams, and several of them died. And he thought, what a great thing to do. And along came Freddie. And Freddie had stuff that others didn't have. He had personality. He spoke. Michael didn't speak. Jason didn't speak. Frankenstein. Dracula was uh, some Hungarian guy. I mean, it was totally different. And it was incredible because the one thing that's wacky about Freddie is He lives in your dreams. And as we all know, dreams can be scary at times. Number eight, top 10 countdown, Freddy 
Kruger, Nightmare on Elm Street, 323-538-2423, at Chad Benson Show. It's your Twitter. Tweet at us. Love hearing from you. By the way, tonight I have the Cardinals winning at home. Thursday Night Football. So I'll let you guys know that. So if tomorrow I give you my picks and you're like, hey, you didn't say. No, I gave you the Cardinals winning tonight, even though they haven't won since last October at home. Tonight I feel they get it. If you're missing the show, grab the podcast, including that great interview with Gordon Chang about China. It's the Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. 19 days and counting, and then we can get to the real stuff, which is lawsuits, because you know those are going to be coming. So uh, a few, you know, they're focusing on January 6th, and and it's interesting because both sides are concerned about democracy. It's weird. Like, one side in particular, is concerned mostly about Trump, by the way. Mostly about Trump. They're worried more about the media. And one side's worried about whether we've got fair elections. That being said, all of that pales in comparison to this thing they simply call the economy. Oh, yeah. The economy. It matters to people what's going on. Look at the polls. It is about the economy, stupid. You and I can sit here and talk about climate change, abortion, January 6th. All of those things are not what I know anybody's talking about. Oh, yeah, young people are probably talking about climate change and and uh, people deep in the weeds who are arguing about January 6th and they're arguing about other. I mean, we could. The fact is, it's, it's an everyday thing with the economy. And most people aren't concerned about those other things. It may upset them. But then the reality of life kicks him in the grundle. And that is bills, life's more expensive, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Less than three weeks until the midterm elections, the forecast is doom and gloom. And maybe that's why President Biden today gave not one, but two speeches on the economy. Families are hurting. I get it. It's been a rough uh, four or five years for the country, but a lot of folks here are still struggling. I get it. Folks are still struggling. But one word you did not hear from President Biden today, recession. Yeah. He's trying to do everything he can not to uh, talk about it. That's why the economy. Go look. It's not number one by a little bit. And I inflation and economy, I always count as one, right? Because that's just the cost of doing business, if you will, is rising. The cost of purchasing all of those things, I add them up in, into one, and you're in the 80s and 90% for most polls. Very few other things get close to 10%. That shows you the worry that we have. When you're spending, you know, how much more? I, 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 I keep going back to this. My last two trips to the grocery store. So we go usually twice a month. A year ago, it might have been 800 bucks. 
family of five. Maybe 900 bucks. Again, family of five, usually for two weeks, a little bit shorter sometimes, a little bit longer, depending on the time of the year. These last two times, 700 or 684, and the other one was over $700. So about $1,500-ish, $1,400, $1,500. You feel that. I'm blessed, but it doesn't mean I don't look around and go, what the hell is going on? But he did admit a recession was a possibility during our interview last week. I don't think there will be a recession. If it is, it'll be a very slight recession. Look, it's possible. I don't anticipate it. But now some of the world's leading economists are shouting the word recession from the rooftops. Credit ratings firm Fitch warned just yesterday that the U.S. economy will sink into a recession next spring. Bloomberg economists now put the odds of a recession at 100% over the next year. 100%. Yeah. And if you're the Democrats right now, do you kind of quietly hope, you know what, we lose, we can take a step back, we've been battered, a lot of it's our own doing, we focused on things that we didn't need to focus on uh, at times that we didn't need to focus on them, we were tone deaf, do we take a step back and then we, we regroup and we go forward and let the economy that will still struggle a bit, and then some, uh, you, you would like to think uh, over the next coming year or so and maybe longer depending on what happens and then hope that hey you know what 2024 we hit the ground you know in 2023 because campaigning is 24 7 365 all the time there's no time off we can attack more do some of these things that and and take us away from being the people that control everything and move us out into a situation where we feel like okay you know we can be more on the attack Because let's be real, at this point in time, uh, they should be getting boat raced, and they're not. Part of that's the quality of candidates. Because you don't, if your answer is what Stacey Abrams gave the other day, I'm going to play that for us right now. It's, it's it, again, it goes back to the tone deafness of everything. So she was on with Mike Barnacle, Morning Joe. Mike Barnacle's very friendly with uh, the the Democrats, right? None of these people on Morning Joe hit them hard with any real questioning. But he brought up something as she's running for governor, and it shows the tone deafness of what's going on and also the little sphere of which they, you know, everybody in my sphere worries about one or two things because all the other stuff, the economy, we've got that handled. We're not worried about that. While abortion is an issue, it nowhere reaches the level of interest of voters in terms of the cost of gas, food, bread, milk, things like that. What can a governor, what could you do as governor to alleviate the concerns of Georgia voters about those livability, daily, hourly issues that they're confronted with? Having children is why you're worried about your price for gas. It's why you're concerned about how much food costs. For women, this is not a reductive issue. You can't divorce being forced to carry an unwanted pregnancy from the economic realities of having a child. What the blank are you talking about, lady? So your thought for inflation is more choice. You want a free market on abortion. (laughs) Have three, get the fourth one free. That's that's your choice. That's that's 
Again, tone deaf, not reading the room. That's your choice. Is that. Producer Anthony sent me, uh, I think it was from the Babylon Bee. Maybe it been from the, un- <laughs> the Onion. And I thought I'd read it to you because, again, it's insane that that's where you went with this. Well, it's just so expensive to have kids. The best thing to do is abort them and we'll fix inflation that way. Babylon B. Stacey Abrams explains you can get your bills down to zero by killing yourself. (laughs) I don't know if somebody's telling her, hey, work in abortion anywhere. If they tell you, how do you stop the war in Ukraine? You're like, abortion. Abortion. The more we abort, the less war there'll be. How do you stop uh, crime? Abortion. Climate change. Abortion. Even friends I <laughs> I have who are uh, uh, more on the left-leaning aisle than I think you would realize. That Bruce is your friend, yes, because I love them for who they are, not who they vote for or don't vote for. One of them sent me a WTF with the clip of that. And he goes, this is why we can't have nice things. Yes. You're tone deaf. People are hurting. Prices are going up. You releasing oil as uh, the uh, president is going to release even more oil to try to slow down the rising costs of petrol, gas. Odd that it's right before an election. Yes. Is it fix anything? No. Does it temporarily maybe slow some price increases? Maybe. Three weeks to the midterms, and with the economy top of mind for voters, President Biden announcing more steps to try and ease the pain at the pump. Gas prices hit almost every family in this country, and they squeeze their family budgets. When the price of gas goes up, other expenses get cut. Biden saying he will release 15 million more barrels from the Strategic Oil Reserve in December. This release, not entirely new. It's the last of the 180 million barrels he authorized back in March. And while it's expected to bring some relief, economists say keep in mind, Americans consume roughly 20 million barrels a day. Yeah. But you're putting a Band-Aid on a bullet when you're not doing the things you need to do. There are ways of getting around this, ways that make us safer, secure, better, not just for us, but for our allies, for people around the world, a more stable globe. But you're not interested in that because you're living in a cultist fantasy world of somehow the world is going to heal itself if we go green and everybody else says, we're not destroying our lives. So you guys can feel better. It's not going to happen. It's not. And you look around and you say to yourself, I'm sorry, uh, you can pretend that you uh, are all about, you know, trying to bring this down. But you've 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 denigrated and tried to destroy an industry. And you've said that was what you want to do. You want to put them out of business all the while. Saying something else. Right. A little bit. We're calling it a ready and release plan. This allows us to move quickly to prevent oil price spikes and respond to international events. Let me, uh, let's debunk some myths here. My administration has not stopped or slowed U.S. oil production. Quite the opposite. We're producing 12 million barrels of oil per day. And by the end of this year, we will be producing 1 million barrels a day, more than the day in which I took office. Yeah. 
during a time when nobody was working and there was no reason to produce oil because it was a not cost effective. But let's talk about this. You offered the Saudis $80 last month per barrel, the Saudis, the OPEC plus. You offered our people, this is the floor, $70 a barrel. So you offered them $10 more. You refused to open up the U.S. Virgin Island major refiner that we would need would help. On top of that, you've leased less public land and offshore waters than any other president since World War II and continually saying we're going to end fossil fuel. So you're either the nicest person ever to the oil companies or you're uh, an enemy. Can't have it both ways. This is major politics. This is what it looks like. That being said, this doesn't fix the problem. We need to drill. We need to do it responsibly. And we need to be energy independent so we don't have to, once again, rely on people who hate us in all that we're about. That helps not just us, but the world. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. Uh, what's trending coming up? Raycon, best earbuds around. Uh, last hour we had on Gordon Chang. Amazing talking about China. If you miss any of the show, grab the podcast. When you do that, do it with your Raycons and listen to the best earbuds. Not only pipe your music, but podcast, long form, whatever it is. It's incredible. The fit, amazing. And I do mean that. That really makes it just Plus, you got three sound modes. First, right, isolation mode. You just want to hyper-focus on something. Second, your awareness mode. I'm out and about. I want to be able to hear what's going on around me. Boom, I've got that. And then you've got your just regular mode. You can beat these things up. You can run around. You can do anything. You can wear them all day. The everyday earbuds from Raycons are incredible. 49,000 five-star reviews. The best earbuds. And I'm telling you guys, get them now. You won't be disappointed. They start well under 100 bucks. Eight hours of talk time. 32 hours of battery life. Buyraycon.com slash Chad saves you an extra 15%. Buyraycon.com slash Chad. Buyraycon.com slash Chad. Chad Benson Show. Deep states? Uh, No. Deep doo-doo? Yeah. The Chad Benson Show. Now it's time to find out what's trending. What's trending? Einstein, James Dean, Davy Crockett, Peter Pan, Elvis Presley, Disneyland, Princess Grace, Peggy Grace, Trouble in the Suez. Norway, Oman, Pakistan, Qatar, Russia, Suriname. Liam Mann, Brass, Nap, Lenny Bush, and Lester Banks, Birthday Party, Cheesecake, Jelly Bean, Boom. What's trending? Let's find out what's trending, shall we? going on around the nation what are people paying attention to shall we please number one search thing today pillars of creation james webb telescope captures the iconic pillars of creation or it's just some really cool 3d rendering on the computer it's for you to decide oh astro's number one trending thing yesterday they, uh, Justin Verlander dominates in the win over the Yankees in game one. Man United and Tottenham, number two trending thing. God, it brings me pride to say that. 
don't think you guys realize. You know, a month from the day, while I will be here working, I will have three TVs in here watching all of the World Cup because it kicks off a month today. I just want to let you guys know that. I want to let you guys understand some of that. Just let you guys go. Get that. Soak it in. School for good and evil trending too. So that's coming out. I think it's on Netflix. Lots of other soccer stuff. Martial law, pooter. You're doing that over there because you're the pooter in a country that's not yours, but you've declared portions of it. Let's head over to, yes, ladies and gentlemen, Twitter. Liz Trust, number one trending thing. She was the prime minister, and I say was the prime minister of the UK because after 44 days, they told her, hey, your services are no longer needed. And she's like, well, then I'll quit. And she did. Oh, she totally did. Wow, look at that. Crazy. Yeah, spirit day. Apparently, uh, many people are donning purple today for Spirit Day in support of LGBTQ youth. I did not know that. I didn't. I didn't. I'm wearing red. I didn't know I was supposed to wear something. I'm wearing whatever I got out of my closet that I didn't have to purchase. And today I'm wearing my legendary 100-year anniversary for KTR, which is the, the afternoon show I do, my national show here, and I do another show. Uh, they were voted Marconi winners last night. Uh, the legendary station. So congrats to them. Conservative Party trending uh, over there in Britain because of uh, the whole thing that's happening uh, over there. And yes, the economy, gas prices, all of these things are trending everywhere because we're feeling it. You you and I, we're all feeling it each and every day. Like I said, the amount of money I spent on food, you would think I am feeding 500 people. I am not. I have five kids. And I say that because I'm a kid, my wife's a big kid, and I got my two-step kids, and I got my daughter, Charlie. It's, uh, you know, I told him this year, guys, we're going to we're gonna trick-or-treat for 12 hours <laughs> so we have enough food for the year. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us, text the program. Love hearing from all of you. A lot of stuff still to squeeze into, including Attack of Bees. Chad Benson Show. The Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. Uh, I bought bananas that had two small black spots on them, rendering them inedible. Uh, This comes on the heels of yesterday's incident when I served a plate that had a terrible chicken to rice ratio. This reminds me of the comment that one mother shared that uh, her son asked her not to call him to dinner until the food had been plated. That's a uh, husband who is uh, giving men advice about all the things that they do wrong and that they should pay more attention. And he's doing it tongue-in-cheek. We'll have more of it in a little bit. It is uh, funny, though. He's just, some of it is, (laughs) he's just, you sit there and you're like, oh my God, that is hilarious. It sucks, but it's kind of hilarious. And again, it's said in love and in jest. But uh, including the part you'll hear in a little bit where he apologized for limping too loud. 
Oh, goodness me. Speaking of funny, but not funny, he's always good for laugh. Ladies and gentlemen, coming to the stage right now, a man that truly needs no introduction, but maybe the funniest of all our politicians, John Kennedy. The so-called infrastructure bill, I voted against it. It's only 23% real infrastructure. It has some good stuff in it, but it has a lot of really bad stuff. The so-called infrastructure bill is emblematic of a larger problem. The American people have learned over the past 20 months that if you want something screwed up, President Biden is your man. It has been 20 months of misery and Homer Simpson goes to Washington. The city of Washington was built on a stagnant swamp some 200 years ago and very little has changed. Stank then and it stinks now. (laughs) That's not him doing the voice. He's not done though, ladies and gentlemen. Pick your issue. The infrastructure bill, COVID, crime, the border, Congress, the economy, inflation, gas prices, Afghanistan, baby formula, for God's sakes. That's why, based on the polling, you can see it. A majority of Americans believe that if you put the Biden administration in charge of the Sahara Desert, it would quickly run out of sand. (laughs) He He is funny. He is funny. He is. God, when you listen to him ramble off all that stuff, though, you're like, oh, yeah, you know, and immigration and crime. And by the way, those are also big on not just Republicans minds. But big on the minds of all voters. Really? Really? We need to ask why, though. Just look at the gene pool from which the president gets his advice. The wokers, the journalism professors with their comment-worthy man purses, experts like James Taylor and Vice President Harris, they have turned our president into a caricature of this nice elderly gentleman, maybe on a day pass from the nursing home, happily eating ice cream and wandering around the country saying the economy is slowing, prices are rising, and your 401ks are crashing because the economy is so good and my policies are so good. And nobody's believing it. Oh, come on. You don't have to have to be on a side to go, okay, he's he missed his calling. He missed his calling. Showbiz, man. You could have been show busy. You could have been. But you're not. Immigration, too. That's a big one. Man, immigration is, it's nuts. And I don't know, guys. So they've opened up a new facility in New York because they've been inundated with all these people, right? So they've gotten 20,000 people in, like, what, since April or whatever it is. And it's just, oh, God, what are you going to do? And uh, so they've opened up this new facility, right? Because remember, they didn't know what to do. The state of emergency. It's funny they call a state of emergency, yet the El Paso mayor said, mm, I wanted to call one, but Biden runs the show. And he said, no, the pressure that's coming on mayors and, you know, border towns. So, so uh, you know, you get to go to this new facility, this giant tent. I think it's right there on the Hudson. And it's not a tent like it's a tent. Picture something more, whoa, 
Like that's kind of when you see billionaires get married and they're going to be outdoors kind of tent. COVID tests on arrival, showers, laundry service, a rec room with couches, TVs, Xboxes, and phone banks to call family internationally as well as legal services and a cafeteria. That's what they get when they arrive. But it's not done because it's, uh, well, let's just, this should piss all of us off. I just want to let you guys understand. By the way, it's 500 single males that are staying here. What happened to all the women with their children? Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. First wave moving in today after arriving out of Texas, the bus terminal in Midtown Manhattan. It will be more than uh, more like glamping than camping. The city providing three meals a day, uh, fluff and fold laundry service, phones, TVs, Wi-Fi, video games and snacks around the clock, including popcorn machines for the initial 500 men who are expected to be housed there. Glamping. So. What do you mean video games? Well, when you look at it, it is pretty nice. They got all these nice couches, right? But they're sleeping on a cot. They've got all the fluff and fold service. So you get you you give them the laundry, they take it, they they fluff and they get it all set up and give it back to you. Uh, but yes, they've got Xboxes because you never know. <laughs> Are you kidding me? And I say that because a vast majority of you listening right now, especially in bigger cities, San Diego. Portland, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I see what you're saying, Chad. Sacramento, across the country, in cities that you step over human fecal matter, and then you step over humans passed out, and then you step over, uh, well, God knows what that is. Is that a needle? And then you've got homeless vets. So you mean to tell me these people who have broken the law and come here, Chad, they applied for asylum, which is a stupid way to allow it to happen. We can all agree it's ridiculous. The come on over because and apply for just say I'm here for asylum. And in doing so, well, it's the you know, that's what we do. Yes, but it's been abused. It's been abused. So we're treating these people, and they shouldn't be treated horribly. And anybody who thinks that is ass, you're a blank hole for that one, kids. No. But when you look at all of the things that are going on, how homelessness is rising, and it's now because houses are more expensive. We have a mental health issue. We have a drug problem. We have a homeless problem. What did uh, Rob Schneider said last week? <laughs> Either San Francisco has a homeless problem or they have a great camping success story. Yeah. We'll treat our vets like. But these people. Like, oh, here. Ah. It is nuts. I'm sorry pisses me off it should piss you off as well it is absolutely ridiculous they have food whenever they want it oh and the thing that i love best culturally appropriate meals so for most of them being south american they're bringing in chefs and people that will cook will teach will cook culturally appropriate meals for them soak that up should piss us all off. 
We got to do better. And we have a failed system led by an administration right now. And and take away all the other stuff. Let's just focus on the border. Tell me how there's success on the border. You've demonized the Border Patrol. Mayorkas has lied. The person who is the face of fixing the problem is awful Kamala Harris. And you've ignored it from the top down. And now this is what's happening. It should piss people off. It should. And the frustration level should be through the roof, especially when you see how our homeless people, in particular our vets, are out there, how we have a massive drug problem, and in all of these woke, wacky cities, their answer is, let's just be kinder and give them what they want. Because it's better. No, it's time to take a real stance, but it's also time to figure out how we do a better job, both at the border and with the crises of homelessness mental illness, and drug problems. 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson Show. Your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. Ruff Greens. R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Chad. Give it to my dog every single day. And my dogs. The little dogs eat it too. But my, I talk about my older dog, Toodle, because of how great he is. But, you know, my mom's dogs are a perfect example. You worry that she's got giant dogs. She's got a great Pyrenees. She's got a St. Bernard, and that's the smallest of the dogs. And no allergies this summer, no itching, tons of energy, seem bouncier and brighter than ever before, and their coats look amazing. And it's because of K9 Smart from Rough Greens. Vitamins, minerals, probiotics, omega-369, all this incredible stuff. And all you do is sprinkle it on top of your dog's food. And Dr. Dennis Black, 25 years, a naturopathic doctor who loves animals, wants you to try it for free. You're going to cover the cost of shipping. That's it. It's a couple bucks, and you're going to get a bag for free. You put it to the test. Canine Vitasmart. R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Chad. Roughgreens.com slash Chad. Roughgreens.com slash Chad. Get your Rough Greens now. Rough Greens now. Roughgreens.com slash Chad. Coming up. Some more from that man uh, who made a list of all the things he's done wrong and is apologizing for, like breathing, uh, which is hilarious. Plus, uh, they tried to evict some people. And a lady was upset, so she weaponized. <laughs> and at first when I saw this, I said, there's no way. How do you do this? Is, are you a Marvel character? She weaponized bees. You're not hearing me wrong. We'll talk about that straight ahead. It's the Chad Benson Show. The Chad Benson Show, where we reach across the aisle and occasionally poke someone in the eye. All right, this is my advice for guys, best of edition. Don't stand there in the kitchen. I mean, I know you're like working on a sandwich or something, but you're in her way. If you can't find something around the house, just buy a new one. You don't want to ask her where it is. If you do something bad to her in her dream, just apologize. Nature will mess you up. We always say that uh, relationships can be funny, too, and can mess you up. That is a man on TikTok uh, apologizing for everything and then some uh, because, well, you have to. All right. There's more stuff I apologize to my wife for. 
Uh, I couldn't hear her. This is probably because she was talking to me from two rooms away while I was frying bacon. Uh, obviously, I just got to follow her around in case she decides to start talking to me. Uh, next, I got sick. Uh, that's my bad. Uh, when I was a baby, I should have talked to my parents about moving us to a farm so I could build a stronger immune system. And uh, finally, the roof leaked again. Uh, that's on me. Uh, when I saw that it was raining, I should have risked my life to climb up on the roof and brought a bunch of sponges or something. <laughs> He's got so many of these. We've been playing about the show. It is hilarious. Uh, you know, it is. It just sit there and you just laugh because you're like, ah. you know, it's uh, sad but true. I mean, there's truth in it. Right. There's always truth in some comedy every once in a while, but it, it's funny. It's tongue in cheek. Obviously, it doesn't d- doesn't have a disdain for his, his wife, but it's one of those things where it's like, I would love to thank you for remembering everything that's ever gone wrong in my life. <laughs> Just so. Oh, my goodness me. But we talk about it. And that's a little bit of nature. Nature, as we know, will mess you up. Case in point. This is insane. It's a tough job being a cop, and sometimes you got to do things you don't like that have really nothing to do with what you think is the day-to-day thing when we think of police officers, like uh, telling people, hey, you can't live here anymore. You know, law enforcement officers face all kinds of threats, but out in Longmeadow, they never saw this one coming. They say a woman weaponized bees to try to stop an eviction. This one really takes the cake. Investigators say the winged weapons came stacked in hives on a trailer, unleashed by this woman intent on stopping an eviction. The bees came out uh, unleashed and swarming, angry, and they started stinging everybody there. (laughs) That's right. She unleashed them. And the first thought is like, wow, she's got that kind of control. She's like, rise, go. That being said, people are allergic to bees. That's not a good thing. And man, people have fear of bees. My mother's terrified of bees. Terrified. When I was a kid, I remember I was playing soccer in the backyard. I asked my family to buy me a jungle gym kind of thing. They did. And the first thing I did is I removed all of the, uh, what's it called? I removed all of the uh, uh, the swings and I put up uh, my mom's sheet. She was very excited to build my own little soccer goal. So I'd be out there every day in the backyard playing. And I kept hearing this weird noise. And I remember looking up and it was like the skies had darkened and there were bees everywhere. And I freaked out. I ran in the house. I mean, it was terrifying. I'm like maybe six, seven, eight. I don't know. My mother's terrified of bees. She wouldn't go out back. They moved into a the tree on our neighbor's property that kind of hung over ours. It was a massive hive. And forever going outside you were going to be there were bees everywhere i got stung so much as a kid but my mother never went out back again like i could have been laying there never coming so it's 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 terrifying and this woman weaponized these things because apparently she has that kind of power sheriff's deputies say hundreds of bees started swarming and stinging them raising fears about possible allergic reactions one had a really high blood pressure uh so it was taken to the emergency room deputies arrested 55 year old rory susan woods who managed to zip up her beekeeper's suit in the chaos investigators say she didn't know the tenant but is known to protest evictions that's not protesting that is not demonstrating. That is breaking the law. And by the way, she didn't know the tenant. Oh, wait a minute. You're not the one being? No, no, no. She shows up like with her bees. 
She shows up with her bees. Like, I'm just doing this. I got my bees. I'm ready to roll. Who wants to fight me? The sheriff says emotions often run high during evictions, but they've never planned for this kind of attack. And when the bees pulled up, there's no turn into page 50 to say, hey, this is what you do when this happens. But thanks to quick action, the woman was arrested quickly before anyone was seriously hurt. Instead of looking at four counts of assault with a dangerous weapon with intent, she could have been looking at manslaughter. Now, that woman, she was released on bail, and the very next day, investigators she say that she was right back at that home protesting. Today, she was doing so peacefully. Yeah, she was doing for she was doing this not for herself, but for somebody else who was being evicted. That's like that's her jam, I guess. And apparently, she takes bees with that kind of skills, and she's mastered the art of being, if you will, <laughs> the insanity of people. My goodness me! First of all. The thought of that, like, I remember watching the Suicide Squad, right, where there's a, there's a weird thing where that woman controls rats, but it's kind of cool. This lady's not it. And you don't look great either. When they arrested her, she had the full, like, half the beekeeper outfit on, and it's, like, twisted around her face. And, oh, my Lord, this is where we are. Nature will mess you up. And if you can control nature, well, you win the day. 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson shows your Twitter tweet at us text program you miss any of the program please feel free to grab it on the old grab the machine which is the internet we got the podcast out there it's the Chad Benson show this is the Chad Benson show Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. It is a Band-Aid on a bullet wound. That's the expression I'm using. You can put whatever expression you want in there. The reality is releasing the oil, strategic oil, that was supposed to be meant for emergencies like hurricanes, natural disasters, etc., while they may ease some stuff a little bit, and we can ask uh, another question of, wow, this is really interesting. You're doing this before the midterms as things start to continue to rise up, 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 up. It doesn't fix the problem. You guys haven't heard Biden with his own October surprise and a surprise that may help us potentially short term. Not so much in lowering prices, but keeping prices maybe where they are. Three weeks to the midterms and with the economy top of mind for voters, President Biden announcing more steps to try and ease the pain at the pump. Gas prices hit almost every family in this country and they squeeze their family budgets. When the price of gas goes up, other expenses get cut. Biden saying he will release 15 million more barrels from the Strategic Oil Reserve in December. This release, not entirely new. It's the last of the 180 million barrels he authorized back in March. And while it's expected to bring some relief, economists say keep in mind, Americans consume roughly 20 million barrels a day. So it's really going to do not much. It is frustrating. And when I hear people come out and say, well, you know, it's going to, uh, uh, you know, uh, other people in the, around the globe have uh, different, uh, uh, you know, ways they look at stuff because their prices are so much higher. I say, so what? Because the difference between us and them is we have the means 
And we have the capability of not being in this position. And let me tell you something else. A stable energy market because of us is a much more stable globe. Earth, world, giant sphere, floating in space, whatever you want to call it. The more that we're in a position to be energy independent, the less that countries like Saudi Arabia, Russia, places that don't really like us, don't align with our views of freedom and what we hold dear, have less of an impact on us, but yet less of an impact on our allies. Yet he won't do anything. Well, he does all kinds of stuff. I hear it every single. Oh, Chad, you just don't know. You just don't know. You just. You blah, blah, blah. Yesterday he comes out. He starts talking about oil. What he's going to do for oil, right? The things he's going to do. He's going to, uh, uh, you know, uh, just really do all kinds of great stuff. But of course, you've got to caveat that with how bad and evil the oil companies are, and they're making money and da 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 da. And yeah, they are. I'm not going to lie to you. Of course they're making money. That's their job, by the way. If you have a business, your job is to make money. Otherwise, you don't have a business. You're either government or you're out of business. You're a former business owner. Those are, those are it. President Biden. Refilling the reserve at $70 a barrel is a good price for companies. And it's a good price for the taxpayers. Yeah. Well, you've depleted those. Not even close. Go look. Go look. How many barrels he's released. Let's just take a look, though, at what he's done. He offered our guys $70 a barrel. Oh, it seems pretty good, Chad. Last month, his aides offered OPEC $80 a barrel. What? Yeah. Are you that? Wait, what? Yes. Last month, Biden's aides quietly offered to buy OPEC plus oil at $80 a barrel. So what, he, what they're doing here is, well, why would they do that? It's above this. He's trying to set a floor to essentially, even if it drops to a buck for a while, that they're still going to purchase it at this price. That should be good. Oh, well, it sounds all nice and stuff. But uh, the reality is you're offering more money to our enemies than anything else how about oil refinery capacity have we been doing oh yeah that's right your party has been blocking expansion of oil refineries well i don't know if that's true yeah it is uh let's see here what else does he say oh yeah uh biden talks always about well, all these leases and everything he's leased less public land and offshore water than any president since world war ii he killed the reopening of a major oil refinery in the u.s virgin islands And by releasing more oil, well, Biden has essentially gone out and put us, for lack of a better term, over a barrel. It's nuts. Michael Schellenberg, who ran for governor of California, this guy was the head guy, essentially, of the green movement. A lot of what I was just talking about, that's his research. And by the way, he finds it absolutely deplorable what Biden is doing. He's also not insane about the green stuff. This isn't going to fix the problem. And it's not going to save your ass in the midterms, which is a lot of what this is about. Are you sure it's not politically motivated? 
Is it politically motivated, sir? This no, it's not. Three weeks We're, before the midterms. It's not politically motivated at all. It's motivated to make sure that I continue to push on what I've been pushing on, and that is making sure there's enough oil that's being pumped by the companies so that we have the ability to be able to produce enough gas that we need here at home, oil we need here at home, and at the same time, keep moving in the direction of providing for alternative energy. Yeah. Except for the reality is, is we're not getting there the way that you think. And at the end of the day, this solves nothing. We have the means to fix this. We have the means to be in a position. It won't be an overnight thing, but we have a means to put ourselves to be not only energy independent, but to be independent in such a way that it provides more stability to the globe. A energy independent America who doesn't have to beg foreign nations, who doesn't have to go over and ask our companies, which you've said from jump that you want to put them out of business, if they can now help out all the while suing them, that isn't helping anything. And it's not helping us get to a point where we are energy independent, making the rest of the world safer. Because instead of having to do deals with countries they don't like, who don't align with their values and views of freedom in the world, they could do stuff with us. And it's great because it's good for the economy. Which, again, makes things safer for everybody. Yeah. That's where we are. So what it's going to do, I couldn't tell you. But they've got other things on their mind. It's funny. Go look at all the polls. When they ask Democrats, some of the latest polls, it's funny. You ask Republicans. I think it was the Harris poll. Uh, what's the number one thing that, you know, most voters, you know, are thinking of? This is economy, right? inflation. I always count them as two. Immigration, crime, all those things up there. That's the same people, Republicans and Democrats. What do you think Democrats care about? Hmm. Abortion. Climate change. You're like, uh, what? Yeah. January 6th. Oh, hmm. Wow. Case in point yesterday, Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams. So Stacey Abrams on with the Mike Barnacle. Mike Barnacle is uh, uh, very left-leaning and, and on MSNBC. So it's friendly fire. You're going on there. You're not going to get any question whatsoever. And I don't know if they think this is a great strategy or not, uh, but it, it <laughs> this apparently is the new answer to all questions about how do you fix anything and this one was about well you know inflation while abortion is an issue it nowhere reaches the level of interest of voters in terms of the cost of gas food bread milk things like that what can a governor what could you do as governor to alleviate the concerns of georgia voters about those livability daily hourly issues that they're confronted with having children is why you're worried about your price for gas it's why you're concerned about how much food costs for women, this is not a reductive issue. You can't divorce being forced to carry an unwanted pregnancy from the economic realities of having a child. Wait, so your fix is abortion? <laughs> that's, that's the fix. How would you fix the oil crisis right now? Women choice. I think if women had choice to have abortions and had more abortions, uh, we would uh, consume less oil. 
and it would be better for everybody. What do you think Ukraine should do? I think they should give choices. If there was far more abortion in the world, in particular in certain areas uh, geopolitically, we'd be in a much better position uh, to not uh, be in the situation that that we're in. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. So that's that's what you're going with. He spells it out for you. Hey, uh, uh, we're looking at all the polls and nobody here seems to care about it. Depending on where you're looking, it's down out of the top 10 in most polls. Oh, but that's your answer. Even, you know, I mean, Elizabeth Warren, you know, Bernie Sanders comes on the other day. He's like, we need to stop talking about abortion. Got to move on from that. All right. Nothing we can do right now. We need to stop talking because people aren't talking about it. Read the room. <laughs> You're not reading the room and the room's not hard to read because everybody's wearing T-shirts to say economy, inflation, crime, immigration. And you're going to go out there and you're going to do all. You are the band that was a hit maker 30 years ago. And you want to play stuff off your new album. And everybody wants to hear the stuff. The five hits you had. Oh, my goodness. How do you fix climate change? Abortion. (laughs) Jeez. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show. Your Twitter. Tweet at us. I look around and I say, how do you do it? How do you do it? Republicans, it shouldn't be this hard. I know the establishment media is against you. I understand that. But you have so many other forms of media now where you reach people. But the average person isn't waking up going abortion. They're waking up thinking, man, eggs cost four bucks. Bacon's through the roof. Life is expensive. I got to raise my prices for my goods that I'm selling people because my distributors raise their prices on me. If only there was more abortion, none of this would happen. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson shows your Twitter. Ruff Greens, R-U-F-F Greens dot com slash Chad. It's what I give my dogs every single day. It's got vitamins, minerals, probiotics, omega-369, all this incredible stuff. It is going to be delivered to you absolutely free. You cover the cost of shipping. You don't change a thing when it comes to your dog's diet or food. You just sprinkle this on top of your dog's diet uh, food. So if you've been feeding them Old Roy, I don't know what you're feeding them. Just sprinkle this on top and you watch what happens. It's amazing. For my older dog who had some skin problems but really had problems with the joints and pains, he's happier, healthier, more energetic than ever. My mother talks about the, her, her giant dogs that she has. And I'm using giant dogs. The smallest one is her St. Bernard. And I will say this. She said, they all had allergy problems. They had no allergy problems. They had no issues with their skin. You will love this. And right now, try it for free. RUFFgreens.com slash Chad. It's the best thing you'll do for your dog. Cover the cost of shipping. It's yours. Roughgreens.com slash Chad. Roughgreens.com slash Chad. At Chad Benson Show Twitter, we've got an update on a heinous thing that happened in Mississippi a couple weeks ago. And uh, yeah, they're being charged and rightly so. Straight ahead, Chad Benson Show. You're listening to The Chad Benson Show. In Russia itself, Putin also ramping up the country's war footing, granting regional authorities emergency powers. The Biden administration saying Putin's resorting to desperate tactics. Vladimir Putin 
finds himself in an incredibly difficult position. His only tool available to him is to brutalize individual citizens. Yeah, and uh, he's clamping down. He's doing a lot of things where you sit there and you say, well, this is what happens, right? You know, you've got now uh, uh, curfews and military rule in these cities. This is a nightmare. But the reason is, is because Ukraine's kicking your ass. You're desperate. You're using drones from Iran because you can no longer fight this war the way you thought you were going to fight it in a conventional way because you've been outclassed by people who are tougher, who want it more, and are fighting for something that isn't your insanity. They're fighting against that. Mike Lyon's going to join us tomorrow. We'll get a little bit more uh, uh, deeper into this, but it is a... uh, it, it, It feels like desperation is starting to be smelt if that makes sense uh just horrible speaking of horrible you guys remember this there was a little kids at a daycare in mississippi who were terrorized by their teachers and they put on the the scream mask ghost face and and terrorize them and they're screaming and they're saying horrific things and and you know it was absolutely gut-wrenching as a parent good news they've had file they've had charges filed against five individuals sierra mccandless aki ann kilburn jennifer newman and uh shaney shelton will face three counts of felony child abuse each tracy hudson Faces failure to report abuse and simple assault charges against a minor. Both of those are misdemeanors. The owner is not facing any charges. Apparently, there was another incident recorded even weeks before this. And the owner knew of none of these things. Uh, They're no longer working there. And thank God. What a bunch of scumbag SOBs. But they're facing felony charges as you should there's a special place for you on the yard if you end up going to jail you thought it was funny and it wasn't you thought it was funny because you could scare literally the piss out of small children but it wasn't it was cruel and horrible and now your comeuppance is here my friends 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. Uncle G's control, control, controlling all of China. His power is consolidating a unprecedented third term. We're going to talk to the pre-ultimate uh, man when it comes to China. Gordon Chang's going to join us next. Find out about what's going on over there. And now that he is God King, as I call him, what's to stop him from looking at the rest of the world and saying, I want that? He joins us straight ahead, Chad Benson Show. The Chad Benson Show.
independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. Beijing's going to have to make its, uh, its own calculations, its own decisions. But what we've said and what we've been very clear about is that preserving the status quo, making sure that these differences are resolved peacefully, is essential. It's not only essential to us. I think it's essential to countries around the world. Uh, that right there, Senator, uh, that's Secretary of State Blinken. And uh, Beijing, you can say a lot to Beijing. I don't know if they listen because they're doing their own thing. Uh, Gordon, Gordon Chang's joining us now. This guy is the voice, when I think, when it comes to China and Asia and what goes on over there. Uh, the Coming Collapse of China is an amazing book. Uh, his articles are everywhere. And uh, joining us now is Gordon. And Gordon, we're at this point now where he, I've been joking the last couple of days, he's God King now, old G over there, and his power is ultimate and final. Yes, and what we're seeing right now, Chad, is that uh, with more power, Xi Jinping will be able to do what he says. Now, he is leading China over the cliff, uh, and it's not just uh, Taiwan, it's also other foreign policy challenges, plus, most importantly, um, the internal problems, the debt crisis, the bank runs, the worsening food shortages, plunging currency. It, it's just no end to the problems that he faces. But, you know, he doesn't care. He's just going to take China in a direction that he believes the country should go and everybody else can be damned. You know, Gordon, I, I, I sit here and I, you know, there's, you know, there's the old stories of him, right? Like, as if you can remember, there were people before him and they used to call him Uncle Xi. And he had this kind of, you know, he ate at the same place every day and he was just kind of modest person. But he is he he I look at him now and I think, man, he is he's he's, you know, he's Mao part two. He is in many ways the most dangerous figure in the world. I mean, one could argue maybe Vladimir Putin, but Putin can't take on Ukraine or the world without Xi Jinping's backing. So when you look at the root problems in the world, we don't have a North Korea problem, for instance. We got a China problem. You know, yeah, we got sort of a Russia problem, but it's basically a China problem because China is fueling all these bad actors. And that is just the way Xi Jinping views the world. And Anthony Blinken can say all of these mild statements but they're not bouncing off of Xi Jinping's uh, bulletproof skull. Yeah, totally. Gordon Chang's with us, the uh, uh, an amazing author and, and columnist. And as we talk about China, what's going on? So the Chinese Communist Party, you know, they're meeting, they're doing their thing. I saw that you know the corporations have been left out of this. This is really for the hardcore communists. What is going on? How much more power is he consolidating? And and where is he going to take them? Let's start first with COVID. Because he's still about the zero uh, COVID policy, but the reality is people are starting to push back. People are starting to push back. We saw that about a week ago with the banners that were hung from a bridge overpass on the third ring road in Beijing, which were basically, we want freedom, we don't want zero COVID, we don't want Xi Jinping, which was a sort of extraordinary when you think about uh, China's total surveillance state. Someone was basically putting their lives at risk, life at risk. Um, Xi Jinping is the author of zero COVID. He is using it to control the Chinese people. And as well, um, he has used it for propaganda purposes, saying that China's communism is superior to democracy because they're better able to control the disease. So zero COVID will continue to disrupt China in ways which are really cratering the economy and creating distress in society. You know, we've talked about uh, and we've had you on the past about the, you know, 
the fact that their finances really weren't what they said they were. And you've heard many people over the last several weeks say, look, you know, they're, they are a paper tiger when it comes to their finances because they've sunk so much of it into real estate. They prop stuff up. They spend a bunch of money. They had fake companies. And that, I think, is going to be an issue he's going to have to deal with. And that's why he's consolidating a lot of that power so he can hide as much as he can. Yes, well, this is imperial overstretch, as um, the phrase is. You know, it, because they they running out of cash, which really is striking when you think that they have $3 trillion of foreign exchange reserves, or at least that's what they claim. But they've got big commitments, like Belt and Road, building the world's infrastructure, building the military, the surveillance state, yes, you name it, Chad. And basically Beijing has far more commitments than it has resources because I I don't think it has the resources that it claims. Um, We see that their exaggeration of gross domestic product reporting is getting bigger, which really means that their economy is contracting. And that's the reason why they have indefinitely delayed the reporting of third quarter and September economic and trade statistics because it is horrible in reality yeah it is and we move from there to uh the other well it's let's be real it's it's the elephant in the room it's taiwan and you had a great article that they've struck the first blow already with taiwan and he said look we'd like to do it you know quietly and as friendship you know become pals but the reality is is Taiwan's not having it, and he said, if we have to, we'll use force, and they've already started some some maneuvers, if you will. Yes. Um, here the story is, we know about uh, Xi Jinping's aggressiveness. He's based his legitimacy on taking Taiwan during his rule. The thing that concerns me, and that, of course, concerns me, but the thing that really concerns me is that our policy community is oblivious. So, for instance, there was an article written by a former CIA intelligence official now at the Atlantic Council saying, don't worry about China invading Taiwan. We'll have months, if not a year of warning. Well, that means that we have a policy community that thinks that uh, Chinese war planners think like American war planners. Well, no, they don't. And I pointed out how China can attack Taiwan, and we would not even know it. That's using pathogens, by the way. But the point is, we have uh, we have no idea uh, of how the Chinese are going to take us on. And that means we're extremely vulnerable, Chad. Yeah, absolutely. Talking to Gordon Chang, uh, author, columnist, uh, uh, really a guy who gets, you know, Asia. And I look around, and I, what's the rest of Asia feeling right now as they see all this go? You know, obviously Japan uh, with North Korea doing what they're doing and, you know, him firing off willy-nilly rockets into the Sea of Japan because apparently it did something to him. How's the rest of Asia outside of them feeling about China and the power and where they might be drawn in? Well, Japan and the Philippines, um, who are U.S. allies, treaty allies, are concerned because China is moving against them aggressively. India, um, extremely concerned because their Chinese troops deep into Indian-controlled territory in the Himalayas. You do have some countries in Southeast Asia that are China's real friends. So, for instance, uh, Laos, um, Cambodia, um, even Thailand um, has moved a lot closer to China. Um, But countries that are threatened by China feel one way. Countries that are not immediately threatened by China, you know, are just trying to accommodate Beijing. They're not going to be successful in the long run, but that's what they're trying to do. 
How did we get here? I mean, walk us through who this guy was and how he got to the point where he's got, you know, an unprecedented third term. And even through all the turmoil, it looks like he's coming out on the other side stronger. And as we all know, once you get to a point where you're you're president for life, stuff gets worse for the people. But it didn't start out this way. How do you get here? Well, the, the, going back to 2012, when he became general secretary of the Communist Party, in other words, China's ruler, there was a perception at the senior levels of the party that the consensus-driven system that um, was in existence wasn't working because it was creating paralysis. So they were looking for a stronger figure. Now, um, senior communist leaders at the time didn't realize how strong, how willful Xi Jinping was. And if they knew what they, if they knew then what they know now, they would never have uh, had him uh, elevated to the top post. But that's how they got there. Um, and this shows that strongman rule is the norm in Communist Party politics. It's not this sort of nice, lovey-dovey consensus system that was in existence prior to Xi Jinping. So that's how the Communist Party got to a place where they didn't think they'd end up. Yeah, it's scary. It is. It's scary. And, and, and I think they're probably, like you said, there are people they are sitting back there going, this is not kind of what we're looking at here, what we thought we were going to have with this guy going forward. Us and them, our relationship, which is uneasy at best, but it, otherwise, you know, we, we're it's we're, we're frenemies in many ways because we need infrastructure, we need their goods, they need us uh, to let them build our goods. It's a weird thing. What does that look like in in five years? Are we going to be facing them down at at some point in time on the battlefield? Probably, um, because we have never seen in history a regime engaged in such a rapid military buildup. And it's not only military buildup, but a mobilization of civilian society for war. We have never seen that type of society not use its military in ways which are belligerent. So, you know, this is Japan in the 1930s. This is Germany um, in the, the, you know, the first part of the 20th century. So this is something that we've got to be concerned because the patterns say, China will attack somebody, and they probably um, are willing to use their most dangerous weapons. Um, they've been threatening to nuke Japan. They did that in July of last year. They threatened to nuke uh, Australia. They did that in September. And then in March of this year, they threatened to nuke everybody in the world. So this is an extraordinarily dangerous time. Where does Russia play in at this? How, I mean, that's obviously a drag on him. I saw that, you know, you, you, India's prime minister as well as Xi have both come out and said, dude, you need to stop this because they realize hey, your oil's cheap and we need it, but you're a drag on us. Well, China has green, China greenlighted the invasion of Ukraine. We can see that from their February 4th joint statement where they declare their no limits partnership. And we've seen rhetorical support for Russia, but it's also more than that. China is effectively financing the war with its elevated commodity purchases. China's put its diplomats in service of the Kremlin. China's opened up its financial system to sanction Russian institutions. China's propaganda is all in on the Russian war effort. So China wants Russia to win in Ukraine. And uh, the Biden administration has really failed to stop China from doing that. Biden will issue warnings, but he won't impose costs when China blows past uh, the so-called uh, red lines. 
It is crazy, man. It is crazy, and it's going to get crazier, I have a feeling, in the future. I love talking to you. Gordon Chang there. You guys just you have a chance. Check him out. Gordon, if people want to reach out to you, check out on Twitter. Where do they go? At Gordon G. Chang, G-O-R-D-O-N-G-C-H-A-N-G. And I archive all my articles for free at my website, www.gordonchang.com. Yeah, check him out. Awesome, man. Thanks so much for coming on with us short notice. We really, really, really appreciate that. I really, really appreciate it, Chad. So thank you. Thank you. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. If you miss any of it, grab it. It's fascinating. He knows, I mean, so much about what's going on over there. He really has his you know, finger on the pulse of everything. And he has been, you know, since the 90s, he's been talking about China and the coming wave of what's going to happen. But all too often, people uh, don't heed the warnings that are coming. And, uh, well, now we're in a situation where we'd rather not be uh, looking at them going, I hope they don't attack. Taiwan, and we get into something. 323-538-2423, at Chad Benson Show, is your Twitter. Rough greens, give it to my dogs every day. That's what I love about my dogs. They don't know anything's going on. It's good. Man, I was reading an article the other day, petting your dog lowers your blood pressure and stuff. I told you this weekend, I'm sitting there with Doodle, my oldest dog. He's old. It's old. Long of the tooth. Still alive. Happy, healthy, bouncy. And I love it. And I feed him rough greens every day, sprinkle on top of his food. Vitamins, minerals, probiotics, omega-369. This canine VitaSmart supplement is Easy to use. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to add water. You don't have to get special food. Just sprinkle it on top of the food they have now. And the benefits are tremendous. From helping with their joint pain, right, their hips as they get a little bit older, to giving them more energy, helping with their fur, their skin, it's incredible. Try it now for free. All you do is cover the cost of shipping, and boom, it's coming to you. R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Chad. Roughgreens.com slash Chad. Roughgreens.com slash Chad. Let's, uh, let's, let's take a deep breath from the horror of real world and go to the horror of monsters it's the top 10 horror countdown i do it every year we've got number eight today and it's got a bit of personality straight ahead chad benson show The Chad Benson Show, where independent a la carte thinkers have a seat at the table and a voice in the dialogue. I'll have what she's having. This is Chad Benson. You just can't let them go. Go. Stay on the road. Keep clear to the moors. Beware the moonlights. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. What an excellent day for an exorcism. I am Dracula. I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare, huh? That's right. We're counting down the 10 arguably greatest horror movies of all time. Uh, First one with the Universal Monsters. I put that at number 10. Amazing they were, Frankenstein, Dracula. Yesterday... Uh, Trick or Treat, an amazing movie. Uh, but today we turn to a movie that exploded in 1980 that became a franchise built on a, something that we'd really never seen before. Uh, and that was uh, a rhyme. And, uh, you know, well, uh, uh, you know, some craziness. The kids of Elm Street don't know it yet, but something is coming to get them. There's something out there, isn't there? <laughs> 
Freddy's coming for you. Three, four. Better lock the door. Freddy Krueger. That's right. He's got imagination. He's got personality. And he had a lot of money. Saved a company called New Line Cinema that was pretty much struggling and going out of business. Eternal. Yes. Yes, you are, Freddie. Comes along in early 1980s uh, when Wes Craven was shopping the movie around and nobody really wanted it except for Disney. But Disney wanted it to turn into a, a they really wanted to chop up the entire script and make it more preteeny kind of thing. And he said, no, finally, New Line Cinema, again, bankrupt, said, yeah, pretty much we'll give it a shot. We got nothing else. And lo and behold, it spawned, well, a bunch of movies, but a legend in Freddy. And a legend that was built on something crazy, an article in the L.A. Times that Craven saw. So Wes Craven sees this article about survivors of the Cambodian genocide of the Khmer Rouge. And he said one of them haunted. He said it was a terrifying account of people who were terrified to go to sleep because their dreams were killing them. Many young men who would survive that, would go to sleep, describe their dreams, and several of them died. And he thought, what a great thing to do. And along came Freddie. And Freddie had stuff that others didn't have. He had personality. He spoke. Michael didn't speak. Jason didn't speak. Frankenstein. Dracula was some Hungarian guy. I mean, it was totally different. And it was incredible because the one thing that's wacky about Freddie is He lives in your dreams. And as we all know, dreams can be scary at times. Number eight, top 10 countdown, Freddy Krueger, Nightmare on Elm Street. 323-538-2423, at Chad Benson Show. It's your Twitter. Tweet at us. Love hearing from you. By the way, tonight I have the Cardinals winning at home. Thursday Night Football. So I want to let you guys know that. So if tomorrow I give you my picks and you're like, hey, you didn't say. No, I give you the Cardinals winning tonight, even though they haven't won since last October at home. Tonight I feel they get it. If you're listening to the show, grab the podcast, including that great interview with Gordon Chang about China. It's the Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show.